Welcome back to another episode of The One Podcast, where today I'm joined by Barker, a rapper from Dursley, Bristol. Barker's been writing since the early teens and he's been releasing music and freestyles in the last few years, but he's now looking forward to dropping his first EP after gaining success from his tracks and his freestyles which have all been released online. Not looking to conform to the current trends of rap, Barker knows that he's pushing for something that feels needs to be pushed and is determined to reach this goal and go even further. All I can say is, you guys are in for a real treat with this one. Who's on next? Barker, how are we doing? Hello there. How are we? I'm right. How are you doing? Yeah, man. Good. Good. Having fun. Having fun. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Uh, so, Barker, man, I'm... Thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, we might as well start from the beginnings. How, how did you get started into the whole music and rapping and everything? Like, where, where did it all begin? Yeah, so um, I was I was quite heavily influenced by my mum and dad t- to get into music. Uh, they're not they're not musicians, but they are they're very big on music. Growing up, we always had music playing around the house, um, mainly older stuff like uh, the Clash, Bob Marley. Oh, wow. Uh, outcast just older older tunes that you wouldn't expect your parents really to be listening to um and then i got my i got my first three albums when i was this is when they still printed fucking cds (laughs) i got my first three albums when i was uh 11 years old and it was it was a green day album i think it was the first ever green day album it was slipknot uh which one Oh, it's the one with uh, duality and stuff on it. Um, and then Eminem, um, uh, fucking whatever the red one is with the curtain, not curtain call, the Eminem show, I think it's called. Yeah, those were my first three albums. And that was such a broad mix of different yeah. types of music. That I was about to say, it's pretty broad, it's pretty diverse uh, collection of music you got there. Yeah, my, my uncle really niced me up on that. He, he's, he's into lots of different types of music. So, um, yeah, he really paved the way for me to get into, not even just rap, just into music. Like, he really, really sparked my interest off it. Oh, wow. How, so, obviously, you base it on um, your, your parents' influences and obviously your uncle's influence as well. What was it that kind of, like, struck into your mind to say, okay, I'm going to start making music. Like, I've listened to so much, like, different genres of music. I'm going to start making it. What was it that clicked in your head um, I mean, at first it was, I'm, I'm sure everybody has tried to write a rap at some point in their life. Like a majority yeah. of lads <laughs> have been like, fuck it, yeah, I can have a go at this and see what it is. Uh, it, it started as that. And that, that only went on for, I don't know, less than, less than a year. But uh, when I turned maybe, I don't know, 13 14 um i went into a i went into a really bad place in my life i struggled uh, very very heavily with depression and anxiety and right. music for me was definitely uh, a, a release it was i was i never really did it um how, how can i say that it wasn't it wasn't so much of the um the response i'd get from making the music it was more this is how i'm going to put my feelings out this is how i'm going to deal with it Right, so how, how long ago was that now? So that was when I was 13, 14, so I'm 23 now, so almost 10 years. 
So you, you've been writing music ever since? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. writing music for 10 years. Obviously, there's been on and off periods. Um, right now, thanks to amazing people like Olu, my manager, um, I've, I'm really putting in the fucking work. I'm like, seriously, effort is 100%. Like, you can, you can, you can see on my Instagram the change of like, I used to put a video up maybe once a month. And now at the moment, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to do one every week to like really, really push the work rate. And it's, it's paying off, man. It's really paying off. I've seen massive growth. It's been great. That's what I like to hear. And I respect that. Um, I respect that a lot to, to kind of like switch it up and think, okay, now I've got to start putting the effort, putting in the work. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of courage to do. So, yeah. when was it like? When was it that you started actually making actual like songs or freestyles? Uh, I, I used to record. Like, with, it yeah, yeah. I used to. I didn't go into a studio. Mm, well, tell a lie. Actually, I used to record videos in my hometown just with my mates on the camera and stuff. Around like, the ages of like thirteen to sixteen. Uh, when yeah. I was sixteen, I went to college and I did a music technology course. So. Right. I actually just abused that in the fact that they gave me a booth. So I just, I would just use that to record my music. I, I fucking barely did any of the actual work for it, which isn't great. <laughs> but it, it, it definitely gave me somewhere to, um, to actually start recording properly. Um, and then, uh, so that, that was, that was before at college, but, and then there was a very large gap when I did, uh, I worked in JD sports. I did fucking, I worked in a service station, cleaning it, um, and then I was a, a landscape gardener. I did bare shit. Um, and then Olu found me and he was like, bruv, we need to get you into a real studio. And that, yeah, that's when I was, <laughs> that's, that's when I was seriously in the booth for like technicians, like, yeah, ma yeah Maniac, the producer was nicing me up with, with beats and helping me out with stuff like that. Like, yeah, people have, I, um, I would be lying if I, I said I've done this on my own. I've definitely ha had help from amazing people for sure. So yeah, that, that's one thing I've, I've been wondering because um, so you have a team surrounding you like, who, who are helping you and guiding you to the right places and connecting you with the right people. Then. I wouldn't say it's a team. It's literally like, it's, it's Maniac, my, uh, who does, he doesn't even produce all of my beats. He produces some of the ones that he think will fit for me. If he makes something right. things, yeah, that'll fit for, for Barker. I'll, um, he could use that. But to be honest, bruv, majority of the work is olu like shout out olu uh what's his instagram made by olu created by olu uh one of the two what is it I, i'll get the fucking link for it and <laughs> yeah created by olu go go check him out um he is he's, he's a fucking manager promotionist security like li literally everything the, the man's a fucking a god with how hard he works it's it's crazy it's crazy so is he working with anyone else or is it just yourself at the moment? He does have another artist um, whose whose name escapes me right at the moment. Uh, oh, what's the guy's name? I think he's a kid a little bit younger than me um, who's right. also also doing really, really big stuff at the moment. Like he's working really, really hard. But I think, yeah, it's just me and that other kid that Olu's managing at the moment. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, guys, if you want to follow Olu on Instagram, what is it? Made by Olu. Created by Olu. Created by Oli. Yeah, there we go. Shout out to you. Yeah, big up man. Shout out to him. What would you say the um, like the reaction has been to, to you pushing out this music? Um, and like, what, what sort of challenges have you had to come across so far in, in terms of reaction and how people have kind of taken in your music? Mm. Uh, growing up, obviously, I come from a very, very small 
like 99% white town in the middle of the countryside, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, Growing up, everybody thought it was a joke and uh, was definitely the subject of, of, of some stuff because of that. Uh, like the normal stuff of constantly re- being told, oh, you're never going to make it. This is, this is just a hobby. Think of something realistic, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, but then, I don't know, As and and the, the content that I was putting out at the time was maybe tailored towards the listener as opposed to producing stuff that I felt was like, for me like I, right. I i don't make music for anybody else i make music for me and if other people enjoy it that's great but recently like the past year and a half uh when i've been putting out music that's that's very very personal to me i've i've had nothing but positivity and love from people like I've, i'm very grateful for everyone that, that supports me and, and and shows their support and shows their love and stuff like i it's it's very very rare that i see any bad comment apart from <laughs> this guy needs to go and see a counselor or something like that that's that's wow. the, that's the extent of how bad it gets and i couldn't give a shit anyway so yeah people, people, are, people are actually saying stuff like that i mean you know what the internet's like everyone's a prick in it yeah that's true that is very true um i don't i'm not taking it on face value i don't care i think that the only other bit of hate i got was posting something about my dad on mother's day or posting something about my mum on Father's Day, even which, to be fair, I can I can see the annoyance. It just so <laughs> it just so happened that it was Father's Day. I didn't plan it out or anything. But yeah, no. Apart from that, people are very nice to me. It's, it's great. That's good to hear. I mean, I've never understood why people get so triggered about, like you just said, about posting something about your mum on Father's Day. Mm. I've never understood that. I've it's it's frustrating to see because, like you said, you, you're doing a a great thing here. You're, you're promoting positivity. And someone's coming back at you with a negative comment. I mean, the way I look at it, they they're fishing for likes. Like, that's that's literally what the internet is. Say something yeah. funny, and people will give it a thumbs up. Like, that's like, that's all it is. So I'm not. They can say whatever the fuck they want. I don't care. <laughs> so you mentioned that you uh, obviously you've been doing these freestyles like quite often. I've, I've seen on your Instagram. I've seen you put in a Facebook lol in the basement. Yeah. Um, what or how is it going to be? Like, is is it going to progress into actual songs being dropped or um, I mean, carry on freestyles? So I've got, I've got two, two tunes out at the moment. So I've got a, a, a video on Grime Daily, um, Hopeless Drunk, which is my first ever proper produced tune, which is produced by Maniac as well. Um, right. And then I've got another one that I dropped recently on my own channel, which was Say Something, also produced by Maniac. Uh, that's, that's on my personal channel. But I've got, I've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline ready to go. Um, it's, uh, do you know what? More than releasing songs, I need to focus on um, fucking uh, performing and shows. Turn okay, it, yeah, turn yeah. It to open mics and stuff. But my, I've, I have very, very bad social anxiety, so I find I find being in those sort of situations really difficult. But I've, I've got a lot since I started university. I've got a lot better with being around people. But um, right, and and I've performed on stage before, and every time I've performed, I fucking killed it. So I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm worried about. I just need to fucking get over it and, and jump on. But yeah, that's what that's what I'm focusing on. That's what I should be focusing on. I've got tunes ready to come out. Like I said, I've got st- stuff written. When coronavirus is over, I'm dipping back down to London to to record as much as I can. Uh, yeah, we're just waiting for all of this to blow over so I can start getting back into the studio and doing work. Really. So is that where you primarily record? Is that in London? Did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I record him. I, uh, Olu sets me up with um, 
he find he found a really good recording studio that I I record at. And if if we don't go there, then I go to Maniac's personal studio, and he he helps me out. Um, and we just we record in there, yeah. So and Maniac's back in Bristol. No, nah, Maniac's Maniac's in London um, as well. He's um, oh, right. he's 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 quite a big name in. I suppose producers' names don't ring as much as rappers' names for whatever reason. But you know, Maniac yeah. Maniac's produced for Skepta, Wiley, Chipmunk. Like he's he's got a very very long history of and uh, work rate in it for sure. So you mentioned obviously um, about. Uh, being in Bristol and is it Dursley? Did you say? Yeah, big up D Town. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the um, what, <laughs> well, what's the uh, what's the music scene like back back in Bristol or Dursley? Uh, Dursley compared to like what you're trying to. Dursley doesn't have a music scene. It's literally a mile long. There's fucking nothing there. <laughs> like it, it's home and I love it, but it's fucking boring. There's nothing to do. Yeah, so most people when they grow grow up, they leave Dursley. They, yeah right, right right bristol on the other hand is popping bristol has a sick nightlife scene like that's yeah definitely if people are thinking about going uni in bristol do it because bristol <laughs> bristol is a sick city serious well in terms of like maybe the, the rap scene in bristol is it is it there is it yeah something that's yeah, you've got there's there's some some i'm sure um, i don't want to say too many names because i'm sure i'll forget people but like uh jo Seven's from bristol uh king aggie is like a bristol legend uh bz uh mr e there's there's quite a few uh, loads of other names that i'm sure i'm forgetting there's there's loads of people popping off in bristol it's, it's doing quite well for music at the moment it's always been quite a creative city massive attack comes from bristol so like of course so yeah it's, it's definitely got a big history in terms of uh music and stuff like that has that has that been um one of the challenges obviously being let's say from dursley is that um has that like become like a challenge because obviously coming from a smaller place and you're trying to break out into the nationwide let's say yeah oh f- for sure i i i, I I don't know how true this is, but I, f- I feel like I've had to work harder than somebody who, say, uh, is based in London full time just just to get noticed of just to get that buzz. Like I can't there's there. There isn't anywhere in Dursley for me to perform at. Like I can't be going out and doing these things. No one cares about like music like that. Where I'm from is it's farm it's farmers and farmyards, laborers, electricians, plumbers. That's that's it. Like the music scene is is not there. So now it's, uh, it's down to Barker to put Dirty on the map. That's what I'm saying. Dirty D. <laughs> You'll hear it soon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say, like, what what is your your vision? What's your end goal, or or something you want to achieve in the next year or two in terms um, of the music scene? Uh, what do I want to achieve? That's a good question. Um. I want to get more tunes out. I, I would really, I'd really like to produce uh, an EP or an LP, whatever the fuck you call it, the first one, um, a little, yeah. little mixtape thing. I would really like to produce that because I've got, I pretty much have the songs ready. I've got like seven songs that could just be whacked on a CD or whatever for a download or whatever. But um, I just, I just haven't got around to doing it. And now coronavirus and shit has put stuff on hold. But that's, that's what I'm aiming for. I'd like to release something that people can can stick in, not rather than just having one song on Spotify. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. When do you think? Um, I still know there's complications with 
coronavirus, but when do you think you can get that, that EPL? Oh, well, um, I'll go back to uni in uh, September. So hopefully, like, late August. Well, I, I don't know. It depends how people are fucking acting and, and cases and stuff <laughs> like that. If cases go back up and London's looking like a fucking... It's looking bad to go there, then I, I ain't risking it. Like, I, I'm not risking that. But is there any chance of like a home studio set up? Uh, not with this blue Yeti mic I've got, no. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> listen, no. like, I, I, look, I took a music technology course, but I know fuck all about it. Like, I can, <laughs> I can do a basic EQ on Logic, and that's about it. <laughs> you should see what I'm working with here. Just, yeah, honestly, it's, hey, uh, you, you got the the pop filter, so you're already a step ahead of most. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a, not a struggle, but like I said, it's been a massive learning curve trying to record, edit on a budget kind of setup, basically. Yeah, man, it's the grind, it's, uh, though, isn't it? It's, it's the come up. The grind. It is the come up. Listen, exactly. five years from now, when you've got a mic that's like two grand, you're going to find that mic on, on the floor. <laughs> Shit, this is what started it all. I, I I'm, I'm keeping these mics. I'm keeping all the equipment just so my kids can find out, like, yeah, man. this is what I had on the grind. Bruv, I found, I found one of my original rhyme books from when I was, like, 12, 13 the other day. Some yeah. of the fucking ass that was in that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you, do you ever use like your old lyrics or bar that you've written down or do you feel like it sounds changed completely uh, that is no no when, use when i was about 16 17 my music changed like I grow listening to music growing up nobody i listened to sounded like me nobody i listened to was talking about the things i was talking about the only people the only things they were talking about was drugs killing each other guns gangs like that was the majority of stuff that that was was in my ears so at yeah. the start that's the music i was making i wasn't i was not about any of that whatsoever but that's that's <laughs> that's the music that i was making like and in fact i i would probably go as far as to say that i put myself in situations and got into certain lines of work just to fit with the the music that i, I was almost i was almost doing and listening to i felt like like music's such a powerful thing man L listening to all of these rappers thought oh fuck i've I've got to sell drugs now. If I'm if I'm going to make it, I've got to fucking carry these things and do this and that, which was, you know, a stupid mindset to begin with. But 16, 17, I went, oh, shit, what the fuck am I doing? I am not Tupac. I am a white, <laughs> I'm a white middle-class kid from the middle of fucking nowhere. Let me talk about what I know, which is mental health, which is, is stuff like that, yeah. I, I respect that, that you, you had that, that change of thought and like, that realization to think, yeah, okay, the grow up, innit? I'm making it out exactly, yeah, 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 that's what you could call it like growing up, basically. So, Barker, going back to obviously, you um mentioned how you, you touch on mental health in, in your music, and obviously, you also said that uh, your music doesn't fit into the whole quotation marks party scene. Yeah, where where do you see your music fitting in, or how do you think it fits in into the UK scene at the moment? I think it's um it's not by any means background music. It's something that you you put on and you really have to listen to. Like it's I don't know. It's it's bedroom music. It's not. I, I don't expect my music to be popping off in the clubs. I don't expect my music to be played at house parties. I expect my music to be played when that guy or girl gets home from work and they feel like shit. They've had a horrible day. Their, things aren't going right for them in their life. Like they need a vent, and 
a lot of people vent listening to music. I vent writing it. Some people vent by listening to it. So listen, I, as fucking cliche as it sounds, if I can, if my music can help one person feel better, which I know it has, I've had loads of messages over the years of people saying like, this song really meant a lot to me. I was going through a tough time and it, it really helped me. Like, that's the greatest fucking gift I could ever ask for, bruv. Especially, especially being in that position myself. And if one of one of the people that I had listened to, like if I'd messaged these people and said, hey, I listen to your music all the time when I'm feeling down, and they'd message me back and gone, I'm really glad it helps you. Fuck me. I would have been over the moon. Like, I, as long as somebody is, is, like, is gaining from it and it makes somebody feel better, that's, that's all I want. That's all I ask. Uh, that, that's that's like it's refreshing to hear that because if you listen to the UK scene right now, obviously it is I don't know I might get like ripped for this and <laughs> the reviews and comments of this, but it is a lot of it is the same. It's, it's touching on the same like topics, and it is you said it, it led you into that way for a small period of your life. Yeah, and it's refreshing to hear that someone has actually thought, no, nah, do you know what? It needs to be a change. Yeah. Well, you can. You, there's. I got a lyric in a song coming out soon where, where I say, uh, "I'd rather get a job in McDonald's than go back to selling drugs." Like that was. So many people feel forced into that life either because, like, obviously, if if you have no other options, I that's a different conversation. But I had options, and I know a lot of people in that life who had options as well, and yeah. and and didn't. And didn't take it but i think the scene the scene's definitely changed in 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 terms of that over the over the past five six years i remember manga um put out a tune um and the, the actual name escapes me because it's a really long title um i think it's called uh, outburst or something um and he's got who's on it snowy's on it maxter's on it um uh some other brother whose name I forget and it was all about mental health and like right. these are these are like OG rappers that have been about like manga the Roll Deep crew like that's that's old school and yeah. to come out with a tune that like saying that he needs to go to counselling and stuff like that bruv when I heard that tune I thought alright cool I can do this now like I've that's that's the green light to be talking about these sort of issues within this scene so I'm a, I'm a fucking run with it. So yeah, the scene is definitely changing. People are becoming more accepting. People are talking about their own, their own um, mental health and stuff more, and which is great. And men, men don't talk about it enough, especially people who are in, um, I don't know, the quote unquote macho lifestyle. Like, yeah. they don't want to admit that they cry and feel pain and all this. But you know, things are changing. People are speaking out. It's going well. So yeah, this is the thing. Obviously, the scene's changing. But what do you think could be done even further to, to change it? So obviously now that it, so it becomes a complete transparent issue that can be talked about freely. I, I feel like I am so far removed from the scene that I cannot speak on it. I, I obviously hold my own opinions, but like the scene is, is city based. City life is like, I don't, I live, I've lived in Bristol but I've, I'm not, I'm not a city boy. Like I don't, I don't know about that sort of life. So I, I feel that I cannot pass judgment and telling people how to change their scene because I'm at the end of the day, I'm a guest. Like, right. 
that's that's as i said like a middle class in grew up in the middle of fucking nowhere that's that's not my scene so i've been welcomed into it with open open arms so how listen however they see fit best to deal with the situations of, of this do it i'm 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 supportive all the way but i would note that i wouldn't work with that i definitely wouldn't work with certain artists because of their subject matter and stuff like that that's it's i i understand why they talk about it and what they have going on in their life but it's not something that i want to promote and if if i'm putting my music out i'm promoting it to the fucking deathbed and i can't do that if it's if it's if it's part of the scene that i'm not i'm not cool with no i respect that um that takes a lot to to come out and say something like as bold as that because not a lot of people do say that these days mm. a lot of people are just open to to work with anyone for like to get the bag yeah literally like just to they see a bit of money like off their own they're gonna take it yeah i couldn't but for you to say that's it's a bold move I, I couldn't give a fuck about clout or any of that shit money um which obviously blessed growing up i've never had to worry about money too tough like that so th that's why thankfully that's not the thing that motivates me with music so I don't, I, I don't care if it makes me look cool. I don't care if I'm earning money from it. Um, yeah. I just want to no, no, yeah. be involved. No, that's good. Make fucking tunes, <laughs> bruv. Make the tunes that the people enjoy and sit back and relax. Yeah, man, for sure. It's a dream, isn't it? Um, so obviously your, your music touches on the mental health side. And I've already spoken about this. Have you had an influence like maybe from the American rap scene where obviously the whole like recently they had the whole um what do you call it the rap emo kind of scene i was i was super late to that i missed that whole scene like, <laughs> I, I was i was i was almost done with american rap by that point like i don't right. i do not listen to any new artists from america in the past i don't know 15 years i don't listen to anybody you, you, 15 years there's a lot of music that you're missing out on there no nah, man it, honestly it's all shite i don't <laughs> i don't care you're never gonna catch me with drake in my phone with fucking migos with fucking, <laughs> like you, you're never, you're never ever gonna catch me with any of that sort of that music playing in my phone i just it's not my style like 2005 nah that's a lie 2007 is when to me good american music ended or, or from this scene anyway from this scene you know what, that, that pains me to hear that because 90% of my music library right now is probably American music from 2007 onwards. <laughs> name, name me three artists that you're listening to at the moment. Uh, Kendrick. Uh, okay. Kanye. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm naming my three biggest artists from 2007. Fuck. That, like, I, I, I listen with like, the most. Fuck. Kanye. So probably Kendrick. Kanye, are you, oh, oh, we're going to have to skip over this subject, man. Ah, we're going to skip over ah, it. <laughs> bro, we can talk about it. It's calm. He's, well, what is it about Kanye that you don't necessarily like? Number one, I don't think he fucking, he thinks before he speaks. Like, okay. when I when I watched that TMZ interview and he started, and he, he said those words, <laughs> slavery yep. choice, I was like, bro, what are you like? you might as well have just ended your career right then. Like, how <laughs> fair play to the guy. He has said and done outlandish things and he has bounced back so hard. Like, 
if this was any other artist, they would be dead in the water right now. Like, fuck knows how he's done it. Marrying Kim Kardashian, ridiculous move. Why would you do that? <laughs> she belongs to the streets. Like, I, I, I just, it's, it's crazy. And who was, who was the last one? So Kendrick, I'll, I'll, I'll let you off on Kendrick. That he's, he's got lyrics. He, he, he makes good music. Kanye, um, Kanye, he makes great beats, but I don't listen to him talking. Can you not separate the arts from the artists? This is a big, this is a, like a common issue that a lot of people seem to struggle with. Some people can, some people can't. Uh, no, I can't because it's personal. Music is personal. So when, when, when you hear Kanye perform, you're not hearing Kanye the artist, you're hearing Kanye the person. The same with my music. Like that's, and same with loads of people's music. That's, I, I don't think, uh, I don't know. Mm. I don't. I don't know my opinion too tough on this. No, I, I totally agree with that. But I, I agree with that quite a lot. But there's a the line that I draw for that is very high. So yeah. like that person's got to do something borderline criminal offence, in my opinion, for me to think, okay, maybe I'm going to stop listening to this person. But I'm not going to name any name. Actually, no. Do you know what? I can name obviously quite a few. Go on. R. Kelly, for instance. His, his music catalogue is gone from my phone. All right, cool, oh, cool. So that's because he touched kids and did stuff, whatever, yeah? He did, he did some inappropriate things. Yeah, so what about someone who's murdered somebody? Is that okay? You still going to listen to them? Yes, you are. That's the answer. You are, because that's what people do. That that baffles me, bruv. That's, that, okay. that baffles me how people do that. Like, if you're not listening to Michael Jackson, but you're listening to someone that's like... Like, so many rap artists have had... Um, abuse cases brought against them from beating up girls and doing this that and, that and the other so many artists have sold drugs to people that have killed them so many artists have stabbed people and shot people i like i understand we we find like the non the nonce thing and any time the children are involved is super serious but and it fucking should be but we seem to to sweep under the carpet a lot of other things and just forgive people straight away oh yeah oh, he's done that it's fine like Bruce Jenner, for example, killed someone. Bruce Jenner ran somebody over and killed them. See, look, you don't even know about it. that reaction. I, I didn't know. I didn't know about exactly, that. bro. Exactly. And we just, we're just like, yeah, that's all right. I guarantee you, if he touched one kid inappropriately, cancelled forever. Man, I, I never knew about the story of of him killing someone. Bro, you remember Sweet Life of Zach and Cody? Did you ever yes. watch that show, Mister Mosby? Yeah, he's killed someone. What, Phil Lewis? Yeah, Shout out Phil Lewis. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was drunk driving and killed a girl. Let me let me just do a double check on this. <laughs> I know, I remember seeing a scandal involving him a few years ago, but I'm not too sure what it was. And then it's kind of, like I said, he just kind of got brushed under the carpet. But saying that, it doesn't seem to get any big parts anymore anyway. Don't really seem about. It's not even on his Wiki Wikipedia page. In 1991, he was arrested after he fatally struck a girl uh, in a car crash. He was charged with manslaughter and driving while intoxicated. Wait, this is Mr. Mosby? Yeah. That's what I'm saying, bruv. We forgive a lot. We forgive a lot. But when it, when it comes to other things, we, there is no forgiveness. And there should be no forgiveness, but I also don't think there should be forgiveness for, uh, for like, murders and stuff like that. Like, I don't... I can't back that. But then... Who am I to say? I'm probably a fucking hypocrite. I'm probably listening to somebody that's killed someone and not even fucking, not even know about it. Shit, that makes me want to check my library now and see what I'm listening to. <laughs> this is the thing, like, it, 
if you went through your whole library right now and checked for anyone that's committed a crime, any crime, oh, pretty much. you're going to be listening. To, you're going to be listening to like hardly anything. Oh yeah, listen to nothing. We're not listening to the Beatles anymore. Then we're not listening to fucking exactly uh, Mac Miller. We're not listening to Kalashnikov. We're not listening to Outkast. I bet Paolo Nutini's got a fucking criminal record. <laughs> Like, well, you have to bring my man Paolo Nettini in, man. Large up, Paolo. <laughs> Love his music. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, like I, I totally get your point. Where do you draw the line when it comes to who do you stop listening to? And where do you draw a line on where you can separate the art from the artist? Mm. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a personal thing that I need to get over. Maybe I need to think deeply about how I feel about the situation. But no, no. So a bit, the, the point that you made where you say... When you listen to music, you listen to it on a personal level. Mm. I, I feel like I feel like that's a, another thing actually is a lot of people these days don't do that anyway. No, they're attracted to the beat. Yeah, hundred percent, man. People listen, and they're, to music, but and they're attracted to the flow and the cadence of however that person is rapping or singing, and and the clout that they get from listening to that person, or even exactly from you listen to a certain artist, you got clout. Like majority of people, like when was the last time? Uh, maybe you're different because you're quite active in the creative scenes. But when was the last time an album came out that you just sat down and you just listened to the whole album, or even okay, that is a very big, that's a big question. Or even a song. When was the last time you would you weren't on your phone? It wasn't in the background. You were just sat there, and you would the only thing you were doing was listening to that song. When was the last time you did? I can I can I can come back to you on this one because me and my flatmate Ezra and James. Mm. Uh, whenever like a, a new song or a new album comes out, we'll sit here because now obviously we're, we're working from home. Yeah, and obviously we're always chatting, yeah. like, talking about these music releases. And I remember when J Cole dropped that new one, that that latest track, I think it's Snow on the Bluff or Oof. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like honestly, we sat there and we like listened to it, and we're like, right, he is spitting. Something real important, and obviously touched on the, the Black Lives Matter movement and his whole this whole uh, situation with him and No Name. Yeah, I don't know, have you ever seen it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we were like, yeah, this is like it's personal, it's personal to him. Mm. Um, just the whole song is it's a very laid back, simple, stripped back sort of song, and it also allowed us for, like to take in every single bar and lyric. And like by the end of it, we were like, yo, this guy is. Yeah, he's serious about what he's talking about. You had a proper like listening party vibe. Yeah, and that's that's one of the best things. Like here, we all share like a very similar music taste, and yeah, any album, any song, we'll, we'll sit here and di- not dissect it. I I might dissect it in my own time, but yeah, we'll listen to it. I'm like, but yo, this is sick. But, this but, is. But most people yeah. aren't like that, are they? Most people aren't going to sit down and listen to music for the sake of listening to music. It's just on in the background. Now, see, this is the thing. This is the, the whole thing about uh, like, even the charts and everything. It's just washed out of whatever is being made in the background. So yeah. your, your true artists will never really get the true recognition they deserve because the stuff that ends up in the charts and sells records is washed down material. Yeah, people. I, I feel like people don't make albums anymore. They just make hits. So it's not. It's not meant to be a crafted masterpiece. It's meant to have six songs that aren't going to do anything and then one song that's going to absolutely bang off and it's going to be the talk of the town for, for six months but that's that's why that's why people don't sit down and listen to music anymore because you can't because most of it's pretty shit people don't make albums that you you sit down and listen to i'm looking through my fucking my playlist now at all of these albums that i would could easily sit down and listen to the whole thing without fail 
But if I if I go on like a browse section of recently dropped, like I can't see any anything there that interests me to like. Oh, this is gonna this is really gonna teach me something. I'm really gonna learn something from sitting down and listening. I'm really gonna see into their world. If their world is the same as a hundred other artists that I've been listening to, I've already seen your world. I like. I don't need another re up on it. Yeah, see, do you know what? I, I did share that viewpoint maybe two years ago, mm. and there was another person, one of my friends said the exact same thing to me. And then what I've realized is that stuff, it, the, the, the real art, is it's, it's harder to find, but it is still out there. You're going to you're gonna have to give you know, an album to listen to then. Do you know what? After this, I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you a list. It, it's still out there. It's just a lot more unknown because the, the music industry and uh, just the whole process of, of pushing out new music is so saturated, it just gets filled out or blocked out by trash. Yeah, yeah. And the real art, just it kind of just seems to get pushed aside. Like I said, people do it for the, the image, the clout. People are always like looking to make a new or the next club banger or like, trying to make a new sound that's going to be the next club banger. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm pretty happy with the fact that I'm never going to make a club banger. I'm quite content with that. I don't really, I'm not aiming for that. Are, are you completely, are you completely ruling that out? Yes. Yep. <laughs> in, in order to, so you know, like touch back hey, to Bristol, Bristol, of like drum and bass or. No, like, no, 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 track like that. no, no, it's not happening. I mean, <laughs> unless, unless we're in the club fucking, I mean, it's, my music just isn't the sort of things that people want to hear in the club, is it? Unless, I don't know, things change it. Maybe mental health is the next thing that pops the fucking strip clubs off. I mean, it's... Well, bro, that's the thing. In their whole American scene, a lot of their stuff, let's say, if you talk about, like, um, I don't know if you listen to, like, XXX Temptation. Yeah. His, his, if you listen to his albums, a lot of it touches on mental health. And then if you listen to his club bangers... Not say let's. I don't think they really popped off here. They only really had very small amount of hits that popped off here. But in the US, a lot of the heavy hitting stuff, it did touch on it. Mm. But he still he was still talking about guns and this that and the other. That's true. Saying the same tunes, he was still like like his tune. One his tune he did with uh, Joey Badass, like that is one of that's one, one of my favorite X songs. Like the beat is insane, the flows are insane. Um, but he's still talking about those sort of things. So I can, I respect it and I, yeah. I like it and I listen to it, but I can't push it. Could you ever see your, your music go into more of that style or like more of like an aggressive? Obviously, you said you listen to quite a broad uh, spectrum of music. Yeah. Um, like, is there, is there heavy, heavy music or like, Heavier genres that you listen to, in 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 sense of what? Uh, so more like the whole rock or metal or oh, bruv, I've been download and sonosphere. Like I'm I'm a heavy metal veteran, bruv. Like yeah, yeah, man. Like I used to I used to go to heavy metal festivals back in the day. I was a huge Slipknot fan. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold I used to listen to a lot. Uh, Tri right. Trivium, Motorhead. Uh, who else was I listening to back then? Um, Lots of Iron Maiden, lots of ACDC. I, I, okay, yeah. Apart from pop, I don't think there is a genre of music that I don't listen to. So is that like a, a genre that you can see yourself going into? Uh, no, because I can't sing for fucking shit. <laughs> but like, um, honestly, like honestly. A, a, a fusion. Yeah, oh yeah, fusion. I'd, I'd definitely be on that. I like a little um, 
fucking Lincoln Park. Yes, Lincoln Park Jay Z. Lincoln Park style. Yeah, like that sort of style. That's that's what it, it works. works. I, Go on. I think it works so well. I mean, I would I would really like to do that. Um, I would just need to find something that like Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels have quite they've got quite a lot of heavy metal influence in their music. I would say they they like they like heavy music. In all, I remember watching an interview with them. They said they like heavy music in all senses, whatever genre that is, um, and they incorporate it really well. Um, there's and there's been quite, yeah quite a few collaborations like that. If listen, if it works and my sound fits on it, fuck yeah, I'm on it. But I I don't know. I can't see it happening. If I could sing, well, if I could sing, I wouldn't fucking rap. But that's that's all. Well, no, I mean like, like you touched on uh, Run the Jewels. Yes. They, they honestly have perfected their sound, especially in the last album. They're fucking um, like. I honestly thought when it came to Run the Jewels three, I thought that's it. It's kind of played out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then they came out the latest one. Yeah, Run the Jewels four is. And I was like, "Bro, this sounds fresh." Yeah, it sounds crisp. Like, and they, they can, that and I can support it. They may talk about this, that, and the other sometimes in their songs, but I can support it so hard because behind the scenes, Killer Mike is doing bits for America at the moment. Yeah. He is doing bits. Like he may he may say in one song, "Oh, I've got a shotgun," this, that, and the other. But twenty minutes later, he's at a police station doing a talk about how to like like treat minorities and black people better and how we can move forward in this. Like the the man's a boss. He 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 gives it as good as he takes on the mic and off the mic as well and i've got the biggest respect for that so i can push that heavy i can push that real heavy so yeah i mean do you know what that's why i love listening to to run the jewels and yeah stuff, and especially killer mike because this, this is another thing i think killer mike should be regarded as one of the the best mcs or rappers in the game ever yeah yeah because yeah. He, he backs everything backs everything up He's also okay when it comes to rapping ability. You shouldn't judge it on what they do outside of rap, but even as just a as a man in general, he does. I, I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves. No, he doesn't. And I think I think weirdly, and I, I could be wrong by saying this, but I think the fact that he's in a crew with a white guy probably okay, yeah. isn't. I mean, it's not doing bad things, but it doesn't. Some people may look at that and go, "Oh, he's in a crew with a white guy. That's probably not for me." Um, other people see him talking politics and being his vocab is just fucking insane, and people are put, yeah. put off by that. And I don't know, they're not they're not money grabbers. They don't, I've never seen them promote anywhere really. Like I, I I don't know why it's just not it's conscious rap, isn't it? People don't like that shit. It's conscious rap with like experimental industrial. It's so different. Yeah, it's it. You, I, I, do you know what? I think that's what it is. That's that's why why it's do well with the masses because people don't like change yeah people like something that's different it doesn't stick stick to the script that american rappers have been sticking to for the last 30 years or whatever does it exactly but you I mean like things will change no 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 one really saw no no one really thought that lp and killer mike would be a good combo yeah like everyone's completely risked it off before they even release something and then four hours later they still killing it still killing it who, who would you say, so outside of rap and heavy metal, so who would you say have been, no, 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 talking about rap and heavy metal actually as well, so who would you say have been your three biggest influences musically and like that you try and like incorporate into your style of music? That's the hardest question ever, fuck. I know. I asked, I asked the same question to Junior last week and he's like, bro, can't do that. <laughs> um, 
Fuck. Uh, you don't have to limit it to three. You can just a list. Well, so you try and incorporate into music or like influence how you maybe rap, like the style of rap or your beats or your next move. So that sort of thing. Okay, so gr- growing up, I'd say Eminem, the classic white boy thing to say was was quite a big influence on me only because i listened to him a lot like i've got i've got his albums like um dating back to infinite which most people don't even know is an album by him like old school yeah. 1997 shit like really really uh so definitely that's a big influence uh mac miller probably one of my biggest influences rest in peace uh um, yep. like his the He's such a big influence because of the evolution of his music as well. I can relate to it yeah. quite a lot. Started out trying to be the cool kid, this, that, and the other. And then when shit caught up with him, he was like, all right, cool. I'm an adult now. This is this is real life. These are the problems that I'm dealing with. And even talking about it now, I get fucking goosebumps. The, the, the man's a legend. He did he's such a beautiful, brilliant artist that you, I cannot help but be inspired by him. Um... I'm looking through my playlist to see who I listen to the most. I mean, I would say those two, those two are the biggest as, as far as rap goes. They're my biggest influences. Um, who else is a base? My not base my style. Mike Righteous um, was one of the people that that showed me. Okay, you can you can talk about um, depression and drug abuse and stuff like that, and people still hear that and be like, "Yo, that's hard as fuck." So that he gave me a boost to talk about what I wanted to talk about without feeling like that I couldn't. Um, as far as, I mean, there's loads of stuff that I listen to that I, I take absolute, absolutely no influence, well, not noticeable influence from anyway. Like Wu-Tang is one of my favorite groups of all time, but I can't, I can't relate to the fucking Wu-Tang clan. Like, no, but you can take their, take influence from their flows or yeah. how they write or like their rhyming schemes yeah, and, yeah. Songs and that sort of thing. So like, yeah, you might, you might not actually think of it, but it comes in. I mean, in t- I, that's, if, if we go beyond lyrics and we're just talking about music and style, the, I mean, that goes on forever. I listen to Onyx, DMX, um, Black yeah. with the, the six, uh, Push yeah. T is one of my favorite rappers, uh, Gets, Royster59, um, Loyal Karna, so much fucking Mac Miller. We've got a bit of Kendrick on here, a bit of X, like the, the Joyner Lucas. The list goes on and on and on in terms of musical influence. But um, there's only so much influence I can take before I have to get my pen and paper out and start writing the lyrics. And then it's then it becomes more than style and that. I need to really think about what I'm, what I'm saying and what I'm writing. And then influences get drawn from other people. Of course. I mean, when, when it comes to writing and... I mean, do you experience like writer's block often or all the time? Something really... all, yeah. all the fucking time. Like, like Hopeless Drunk, the tune I released, I wrote in one yep. one sitting. It took me about 20 minutes to write the whole song. Wow. I've had songs that I've put out that I've listened back and thought, fucking hell, that was shite. And it's taken me like a week and a half to write because I, I just can't think of anything. Some days, five freestyles get poured out sometimes i go two weeks and i haven't wrote anything and i think fuck why why do i why do i have that motivation to write how do you overcome so let's say you do get writer's block how do you overcome that i drink loads of fucking rum and hopefully i get (laughs) i get pissed enough that i start chatting some bollocks and then it forms itself into a tune is that something you do often like because i know many plenty of artists 
write or create under the influence of something. Mm. Um, I mean, is this something I do? I mean, I'm a I'm a daily abuser of substances anyway, but like it, it's yeah, I don't think it probably. I don't know if it helps my writing or, or hinders it, but like. The, t- the I've never took substances and thought, yes, oh, now I've got to write. Like people, you hear all the time about people going, oh, do acid, you'll start writing, p- drawing beautiful paintings. Bruv, every time I do acid, the last fucking thing I want to do is write music. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I want to stare at the pretty patterns on my hands. And that's- so you, you've never taken that step to, to create something on acid. I mean, oh, I've tried, but it just comes out as fucking nonsense because, funnily enough, I'm tripping my bollocks off. <laughs> if I can, if I'm struggling to make a cup of tea, I'm not going to cognitively write a good song. <laughs> that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Because, like, like I said, like plenty of artists try to. I mean, I've seen videos of, like, for example, Travis Scott in the studio, mm. and he looks out of his mind mm. trying to create songs. And obviously, I mean, I, I enjoy his music quite a lot, and I think if this guy can do it under the influence of something like as strong as that. But he, they're drinking like codeine and shit, aren't they? Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you can see he was he was on like pills and yeah. I I mean, I had a, a codeine addiction for like half a year when I lived in in Bristol. How the fuck anyone can write music on that shit? <laughs> not 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 a clue. It just makes you so depressed. And all my music was just the horrible darkness. And yeah, I I don't know how some of these artists do it, but a lot of these artists don't do it, and they end up dying because of stuff like this, because they feel that they need to take substances to start creating this art. Mac Miller, for example, Lil Peep, uh, Juice World, yeah. All of these people yeah. ran off the fact that their, or at least some of their persona, was that they took these drugs and they got fucked up and they wrote this music. And, you know, for some, it was, it unfortunately, was the death of them. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, like I said, this ended that way. Um, I mean, like you said about Matt Miller, I remember the day that happened. Mm. Lance, if you're listening to this, I know you, you were there. We were in a place in, in Bedford. Mm. Um, so anyone who's listening to this, we were in the Rose. And it was like two, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And I just see this notification. I'm smashed. And I'm like squinting at my phone. I'm trying to like tell my mate Lance. I'm like, bro, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, what's this, this story? And yeah. I didn't. I didn't believe it at first. It was the same when Cadet died. I didn't believe it. I thought. I thought, man, I thought it was a hoax. And then when I when I found out Mac had actually died, like I was so into swimming that the last album he dropped before he died at the time, yeah. I was listening to it on repeat every day. I I cried for a good couple of hours. Like I'd grown up listening to this guy. Like I'd, I've never met him, but I felt a serious personal connection to him through exactly what I was talking about earlier. Of through that music of me coming home after a horrible day and finding my solace in in this in this, this sort of music so when uh oh, bruv when i heard that that was i i called my friend phoebe who's a massive mac miller fan and we, we just cried <laughs> it's, it's sad as fuck man it's but at the same time you think would we have got all of that amazing music if they weren't taking these substances is this is this the the sacrifice that we have paid like we've lost this person and we will we will not get any more music but at the same time we've had all of this music because of that so it's, it's a sacrifice that we're all paying, it seems. It's almost guilt like starts to sink in. Yeah. Because I, I've seen it on, on Twitter especially. So, for example, The weekend, a lot of his fans call for him to go back to his drug days. Or he might still be taking drugs now, but 
back to the days where he was on like harder stuff yeah. and created like the music that he released in Trilogy mm. and they're asking for that again. They're like, yo, can you go back to your, your druggy days and release dark stuff like that again? Yeah. And it's like the pressure from the fans can get too much, obviously. And... Imagine that. Imagine saying, oh, yo, please, please go back to being addicted and, and hook some of these substances so I can, I can, I can listen to nice music. It's ridiculous, honestly. Like the pressure from fans is that's this whole stan culture. Stan culture is honestly one of the worst things I've seen of, like rise up in the last few years. What's what's stan culture? So it's like when like hardcore fans. I think stan. I'm pretty sure stan. As in like the Eminem. Oh, if it's it's got to refer to the Eminem song then. Surely that whole song. Yes, I, I think it does. That whole song's about that's a crazy cool. fan that that gets that copies the whole image. So I guess it. I guess that's what a stan is then. Someone that. That follows the, the music to the point of oh I liked him when he was like this you need to stay like this and be like this yeah it's essentially that and and people say like oh yeah I'm I'm standing this person and I'm like, I'm like that's crazy you're out of your mind that's that's what? so far fetched like why would you not want somebody to move on with their life and be happy why would, why would you be against that in any way exactly like my this is why this is the what I hate about social media and yeah. everything it's just like that culture has just become so. It's not normalized because it's, it's not there in the real world. It's, it only exists on social media. True, true. But a lot of people find a lot of bollocks when they go behind the screen, don't they? Exactly. It's like, it's, um, it's like Eminem's a, a prime example. Made some of the best music of his life when he was taking all of these drugs. And to be fair, he's off it now and he hasn't stopped music doing the music. But you, like, we can't say that his new stuff is as good as some of some of <laughs> like i'm not realized do i want him to go back to taking drugs absolutely fucking not he's a father he's got responsibilities to do uh do i do i want him to find a way to channel that without taking drugs fuck yeah but it's, like, it's not going to happen and so instead of begging for him to go back to taking drugs i'm just going to go listen to his old al- albums that i enjoyed and and enjoy exactly Exactly that. I mean, you know when you, you mentioned about uh, one of your first albums was the Eminem album. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Relapse. What year did Relapse? I think I think Relapse was the one afterwards. I think I because no, no, I, I say that because that was I think the first album I ever got given to me. Ah. Uh, so I, I was what ten, and if my if my mum's listening to this, she'll know exactly where I'm coming from. Yeah. And my uncle went to H and B, and I think I think he took me. And said, "What album did you want?" I think I must have just pointed at the Eminem album. Brings it home, and I said, "My mom's like looking at it. It's like, is, is his face made up of pills and drugs? Makes, makes him send it back, isn't it?" Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that was my first album I had, and then I remember like obviously not listening to it. I had to like go and download it from somewhere. Yeah, I was and yeah, I, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. I, I um, I my parents were never like that. They never swearing wasn't a. My house is full of fucking f bombs and stuff like that. It was, I was never stopped from watching anything. Never stopped from playing video yeah. games that were eighteens or whatever when I was younger. Um, and yeah, it's, it's done great things. I don't, I don't actually think that's a a good thing to do to children to to limit what they. <laughs> I mean, children are right, five, six year olds. Yeah, maybe, but 13, yeah. 14 year olds or whatever. Like, they shouldn't be limited for that sort of thing. Yeah, I think if that album got bought for me. Maybe three or four years later, then it would have been fine. But yeah. once I was ten, I can understand what, where mom was coming from. But also at the same time, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's music anyway. But yeah, what, what did you think of Relapse? Um, I mean, I don't. I'm not a massive fan of Eminem's funny tunes. Like, I, <sighs> I don't like. Uh, it's not that I don't like it. It's just it's not a vibe for me. 
Right. Uh, like my favorite Eminem song is Kim, which is, if you've listened to it, the deepest, craziest tune ever, bruv. He, he literally yep. murders his wife in the song. Like it's fucking, and threat that this censor out him talking about slitting like a 10 year old's throat or something. This, the, the son of the guy that she was, his girlfriend was seeing or whatever. Like yep. that shit is crazy, bro. That is some of the maddest lyrics. Like that goes beyond the sense of this is music. Like I, it's very, very difficult to put into words what what that sort that sort of music is like. I yeah, I'm not a massive fan of jokey music. It's not really my yeah funny man bars. Well, so you, also you said about the um, his lyrics and what he's talking about in those songs. Yeah. One one thing that I've seen recently. This is a it was a big thing, obviously, when Tyler Creator got banned from the UK. Right. Because apparently he incites violence into, in his music. Right. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, Eminem never got banned from the UK. No. Where, where do you draw the line when it comes to things like that? Um, I mean, I don't know the actual case. Is there, were they saying his music incited people or that he was on stage going, yeah, Marsh punch each other, do that? Uh, oh, I, can't, I can't remember the full details. It was Theresa May. Um, all I know, Theresa May was uh, in charge, and she she imposed the ban. It was either his music incites, incites violence, or because I've there's lots of um, lots of rappers that have been banned from certain places for at shows encouraging. Um, oh, actually, reading about it now, it's actually from some of his um, lyrics. Yeah, I think it was just from, from, from his lyrics. I think it was probably... His early stuff is, it is violent. Oh, bruv. Like, what's, what's that line? Um, uh, rape a pregnant bitch and tell my friends I had a threesome? Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. Like, I can understand what, why... why that. Yeah, I don't know. But the, the thing is, like, if you're going to have those sort of standards, you've got to apply that to literally everyone. It's impossible to do... Obviously, like we know Tyler the Creator, he's a funny guy. He's he's the least aggressive, violent person. <laughs> yeah, man doesn't even drink alcohol. Like, but no, so no. it's it's not it's this is the whole thing about separating the artist from the art, isn't it? Because it, it, that far, that's not that's not him as a person. But if your mum walks in and that line comes on, rape a pregnant bitch and tell my friends I had a threesome, how are you explaining that to your Marge? Can't. I had to just not play that music out loud. I don't. I. Uh, it's it's a very because like we we would never think of censoring like Clockwork Orange, for example, or Catcher in the is it Catcher in the Rye, where, wherever the book's called. Books that books, books and films that in the in the past have been used to um, justify uh, uh, ab- abhorrent actions. So I don't know why we take yeah. a special a special um, magnifying glass to it when it comes to fucking music. But oh, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's such a complicated subject. It, it's, it's rap music in particular, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, lyrics... I'm oh, All right. Mm. Okay, this is my position. Lyrics, I think you can say what you want, but don't, don't act surprised when people are offended or say you can't come here and say those things. In terms of being on stage and saying, oh, yeah, start a mosh pit, start punching each other... That's yeah. I can't. There's no. There's no explanation for that. There's people in your in your in the show that have come here that that don't want that. 
but they haven't come to see that they haven't come to be punched in a fucking mosh pit if you're going to a, a trivium concert yeah that's expected it's a mosh pit it's part of the culture or whatever but i don't know man it's it's a, it's, it's different when it, when it when it comes to that i think that's why that's what that's it's being viewed differently anyway you know what i think that's um that that aspect of heavy metal culture has transcended into rap culture yeah, yeah. Because especially with the whole um fusion of heavy metal and rock and rap so obviously we've got um let's say exit for example yeah well, obviously heavy and aggressive mm. his concerts are crazy yeah and then that's like transcending to every other rap concert bro when i, I went to tyler korea back in 2014 it's my first gig and i didn't know what to expect obviously i've listened to his music i listen to his music quite a lot but I've never seen a video of his of his shows, mm. and people were going crazy. Yeah, like, people were like chucking each other around. What's it now? I'm used to that. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I just get involved. But my first gig, and I, I saw that, and I was like, "Yo, is this what people really do at concerts?" Do you think that race plays a part in it? Because obviously, like, not not to lie, the majority of heavy metal bands, apart from things like Skindred, are white, and right. the fans are majority white predominantly right white anyway do you think if this was a white heavy metal band that had said uh, um well i mean there's heavy metal lyrics that are way worse than whatever tyler said like, i'm not i'm not even going to quote some on this call but i've heard some disgusting things in heavy metal music in regards to violence and rape and women and stuff like this um but they seem to there seems to be a a, a green pass for that so do you think it's because he's a black rapper that that might be why some people, why that, that he was banned from that for his action? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Okay. Rap has always been um, a genre which they've tried to control. Yeah. It's been prominent since the 80s um, through, through the 90s through today. Uh, it's, it's always been a genre that they, they've always seen as out of control, yeah. which I don't think it is. And it's one they, they, they always want to try and police. Um, it's sad, and I don't know how it's going to change. But, yeah, I think it, it definitely is a race thing. I think, like you said, Eminem never got bad for it. Yeah. And, and he literally... Most, a, lot of his, a lot of his albums. He had albums based on, on those sort of four. Yeah, he's got, he's got like a skit in, in one of his tunes where he drags his dead wife into the river, into the sea with his little daughter... And they build sandcastles on the beach afterwards. Like that's that's nuts. Never got banned. That's nuts. It is definitely a race thing, man. It is, but I think so. a lot of people don't want to admit that. A lot of people don't want to admit yeah. that because they think, "Oh, you just you're you're playing the race card." Yeah. But I, I, you can't explain these sort of things. Nah, nah. I think that yeah, I think that that, that does fair part in it. I think you're right. It's, it's a difficult situation, and man, I I don't know where it goes from there. Mm. Um. Can I ask your, your your opinion on something? Go on, hit me. So um, about Kendrick, uh, yeah, I don't know the full story. I think I've only watched a snippet of the video, and I don't even know what the song was. He brought a white a white girl on stage to sing this song. Oh, uh, Mad City. And the, the chorus. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't actually know the song. Uh, the chorus has the N words like six or seven times in it, or probably more. I don't know. You tell me. I think it's Mad City. I remember seeing this video, and obviously she says the N word, didn't she? Yeah. So he invites her on stage to to sing this song, and then says, which is littered with the N word. And then 
he he got upset. Actually, I don't even think he got that upset. The crowd got really the crowd, upset. The crowd's turn, like, turn on him. What do you think about that? Uh, I think the crowd's right. I think she, she... It's so easy to not say a word. Do you think he set her up for that? Nah. No? I, I don't think Kendrick is that sort of person that would attempt to do that. No, no, no. Um, not set her up as in, oh, I'm going to get this, this bitch on stage and go fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay, 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 okay. But do you think... Do you think what do you, what do you think he thought? Did do you think he thought she was gonna say it and uh, like censor herself? Do you think oh, if, right, the crowd, okay. if the crowd okay. hadn't reacted, do you think he would have reacted? Okay, so I haven't paid too much attention to the video. I didn't actually see his reaction really, or I can't really remember it. Yeah. Um, I think he would have reacted. That's in uh, that's that seems like it's in his nature, mm. within his um his sort of character to. Say, look, just don't say one word. Okay, so Quentin Tarantino, when he's yep. when he's in a room with all the actors and he's reading them the script of of Django, do you think he's censoring himself? Do you know the answer to this? Uh, no, I don't. I'm I'm assuming. Okay, because okay. I I don't know. I I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say he's he's saying to himself, look, I've wrote this as art. To be performed by somebody else, like right when you when you sing along to songs that have the M word in, do you say it? Even if you're on your own, do you say it? No, no. I've the, I suppose it's very different for me because I've grown up in an all pretty much all white town. I've never met yeah. anybody who censors themselves when when singing those sort of songs. I, I think that's a, that is a problem that needs to be dealt with. Um, me, it just feels like it's common sense. Mm. Like, don't say one word. See, I think I've had I've had very different opinions from from black from black people on the subject. I have friends that have no problem with it. They're like, yeah, you're singing along with the song. The song has that lyric in it. Like that's what it's there for. I have other friends that probably wouldn't be so cool with people doing it, especially in their presence, or maybe even at all. So it's it's a very I don't know. It's a it's not something people talk about as a subject because it's very touchy and stuff like that. It's definitely got a very divided opinion on it. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, and I think for that reason, it will never, ever get sold. Yeah, I agree. There's many issues out there that won't get sold because the, the, the opinion on it is so split. Yeah. And you kind of think that maybe it's been uh, it's going to lean towards one way, but at the same time, there's a faction of people which are going in such an opposite direction that it just brings the whole idea of solving it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, Growing up in in my town i am I, I i say i'm white but my my yeah. mum is um our, our family comes from lebanon and egypt so i'm i'm african oh, wow. and i'm i'm middle eastern as well so i am i am noticeably darker than than a white person and noticeably darker than everybody else in in my town so right i've i don't know maybe I, i've just i've just grown up with it with it with, with that sort those sort of situations differently i mean i've 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 been pulling people up on racism since I was 13, 14. Like I used to get bullied a lot for it. I used, like the word was thrown at me on a pretty much a daily basis. Um, every, every shop is referred to as that. Uh, if it's owned by an Asian yeah. couple, um, majority of the people in my town, no, nah, that's, that's a lie. I'm not going to say the majority of the people, uh, uh, some people in my town will brazenly use the N word with a hard R just in general conversation really? yeah just in a general conversation like 
I remember, and thank fuck I'm not friends with this cunt anymore, but I remember being with someone that was in my friendship group and literally referred to a black person as a smelly N-word. Like, I've, that's, and no one battered a fucking eyelid. No one, no one flinched apart from me. I was like, what the fuck is that? And like, I, I, to this day, I remember being 14 and somebody trying to argue with me that it, it, was, it was fine to call me a because British people get called Brits. Like, like these are yeah. that, these are sort of justifications. And oh, um, this is the other one that they say uh, they can say the N word because black people say it as well. Like I, it's, some of the justifications in 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 these parts of the country is mental, fucking mental. You know, what? I think that's what it is. Is coming from such a small place, such as Dursley. Yeah. Okay, I mean Bedford's not the biggest place, but it's a very very diverse yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then also, I moved to, to Sheffield and, and now I'm in London. Mm. These are all very diverse places. Yeah. But yeah, like when you go into the very rural areas of, of England, that is strife. Racism is strife. If you, like, in Dursley, if you see a black person, that is a rarity. Like, there's there's one or, one or two black people that live there that are oh, even on oh, a lot, even a lot of, of um, foreign people or, or their parents have been foreign that move there get whiter sized <laughs> do, you know, do you know what i mean like they yeah, yeah on the on the surface they they look indian pakistani whatever they look brown or black but but still support things like the edl is is mental like i do not understand any anything like that but it's they're so whiter sized that they're they, they've like their cultural history absolutely forgotten like gone so it's it's crazy how these sort of towns warp you into one way of thinking. I'm so blessed that I had such like parents that introduced me into diversity so young. Had had friends of every sexuality um, and uh, race and religion. Like I was I was very early. I was told like everyone is okay, everyone is cool, and I, yeah, and I, I carried that on, which was which was why I was able to pull up all these people on on racism and misogyny, sexism, xenophobias and stuff like that. Because my my parents had, had showed me right from wrong and stuff. I'm not saying that these people's parents haven't shown them right from wrong, but to a lot of these people's parents, these words are just normal words to say. Just referring back to the uh, Indians and Pakistanis yeah. support the EDL. Yeah. That ladies and that ladies and gentlemen is how colonialism works. <laughs> <laughs> That is lesson 101 on how it's been a success. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm not going to make names. I had a conversation with, with someone I know the other day that, that's dark-skinned who was, he was telling me that there's too many immigrants in the country. And I went, oh, I but didn't your parents immigrate here? And he went, yeah, but... Yeah, okay, so that's, that's the end of the conversation then. Honestly, I, I, hate, I hate it when someone who's come from uh, a descendant of an immigrant yeah. is now calling for immigration control. Yeah, totally. So, like, so it was fine when your parents came, but now when these people want a better it's, life, it's, well, it's not okay. It's ridiculous, man. It's honestly, and that, that's that's frustrating. And that is one thing that I would have thought has maybe um, diminished over the years. But with what uh, what's been enforced at the moment, bro, I don't feel like that's gonna. Mate, the amount of the amount of people from my town that are posting "All Lives Matter" is is disgusting. Like, and and seeing that it's not even they're not even being mean. They are just. The ignorance is so staggering. 
that they, they just cannot understand it. They, they cannot understand that by saying Black Lives Matter, when nobody is saying that white lives don't matter. We're just saying, look, these lives are the ones that are in jeopardy at the moment. These are the ones that we need to focus on. Uh, that's exactly that. It's, it's, it's crazy. I can't, I can never ever imagine what it's like to be a black person stopped by police like that. I can never put myself in those shoes. So I, I'm not like, I'm full support, full support. Yeah, no, and, and that's another thing. Like I've attended the, uh, the, the protest and I've seen the support for it has been amazing. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people are commenting on this. They're saying that this time it feels different. However, is anything going to change? More people are supporting. Well, maybe it's just more people are actively supporting it. But I think that it's the the Black Lives Matter movement has really showed who some of these undercover racists are for me. Like, yeah, it, I agree it, with that. it really, really has. Like, it's so sad that uh, a a movement that is meant to promote such amazing solidarity and coming together and and uh, eventual peacefulness even if violence is maybe used to gain that that peacefulness eventually it's 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 amazing to me how something so pure can people can find it's like what we were talking about earlier people finding hate for anything how anybody can have a negative view on that especially coming from places like where i come from like we have no idea what 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 black people face on a daily basis they, they barely yeah. barely see pe- people of color or anything so how how are you how are people going to sit there and say oh it's fine oh there's no racism in england they don't have it that bad what the fuck do they know about it it is exactly that you know it's, it's whilst it's, this shouldn't be an excuse at all it's a lack of exposure oh totally to the actual problem yeah totally um but obviously when you when you think about that that should never ever be the reason as to why you don't think people should be fighting for equality yeah just because you haven't seen it yeah whenever whenever i hear a uh, uh, anti-muslim rhetoric or, or something mm-hmm. like that in my hometown i'll say have you ever met a muslim uh, well, well no uh, have you ever been into, <laughs> have you ever been into a mosque oh no but i've read about it online bruv go into a mosque meet some real people not the, not this online shit go and just meet some people and you'll see that everyone's just a normal brother like exactly like people just need that exposure i've seen so many inspiring videos on on youtube of racists that one day just went you know i'm going to walk into this mosque or i'm going to walk into this hindu temple and just see what it's see what it's about and they've come out of it full of love if they've that's it because these places that's all they're 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 preaching yeah hate is love self-love yeah hate is bred by by ignorance and ignorance breeds more hate so the less people know the more they're going to fear God, that was like, you know what? I think Batman quote, wasn't it? Barker, I think we're gonna have to end it on that. Like with that quote, is that is sensational. Yes, sir. <laughs> so do you know what? I mean, we've been we've been chatting for a while now. I think we'll uh, wrap things up there. Yes, sir. So Barker, how can people um, find you online? Find you on streaming services, etc. Okay, uh, Spotify. It's just Barker. Uh, Instagram Barker underscore MC. I don't use Twitter because I think it's shit. Uh, <laughs> I d- rarely use Facebook unless you're going to see me in the buy and sell groups. But yeah, Instagram, Barker underscore MC. I do my absolute utmost to 
provide a song every Sunday on my Sunday shellings for people to listen to. I admit I've been slacking a bit recently, but I've been moving house, uni stuff, it's all a bit crazy. I'm back on it. More videos coming out soon. Follow me, show some love, all of that, if you like it, obviously. Barker, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. Thank you very much for having me. So guys, that was it for this week's episode of The One Podcast with Barker. If you liked what you heard, go tell your friends, follow the Instagram at the.onepodcast, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts so you don't miss out on who's on next. Peace out. Who's on next?